we boil this thing down in order to give you an actual the fruit. So when we say hibiscus is in our product, this is what you're getting, <laughs> the, the real thing. Hibiscus is prominent in songs, poetry, and literature the world over. It's used in Hindu worship. In the Philippines, it's actually used by children as part of a bubble-making pastime. The hibiscus flower is traditionally worn by Tahitian and Hawaiian girls. And if the flower is worn behind the left ear, the woman is married or has a boyfriend. If the flower is worn on the right, she's single or openly available for relationship. The hibiscus is a national symbol of Haiti, the national flower of the Solomon Islands, South Korea, and Malaysia, and the state flower of Hawaii. So what's with all the hibiscus facts all of a sudden? Well, it's being grown in Lithonia, Georgia, and is used to make tea, chutney, jelly, and more. I'm David Zelski, and this is the Fork in the Road podcast, featuring the stories from Georgia's farmers, fishermen, merchants, artisans, chefs, and others who help provide Georgia-grown products to folks in the Peach State and beyond. Today, we're talking hibiscus with Najib, Millie, and Yassine at Pride Road in Lithonia, Georgia. We are 19 miles east of downtown Atlanta. Not really the place you'd expect to find a tropical plant farm, yet here we are. That it's been known to have, um, I say they call it the uh, Florida cranberry, so it has a tart taste to it. Um, but believe it or not, <clears throat> we marry up the uh, hibiscus with the leaves, and it almost like settles that uh, that that taste out, that tartness off just a tad bit. When you're talking about the uh, when we use the tea, the soda we do straight straight uh, calyx. So of course we have that other ingredient just. To, to flatten out that uh, tartness. And we just, I mean, it's sugar as far as the, um, <laughs> as as flattening out the taste of, of the soda. But it's, it's a cranberry taste, like a, a tart, tart type taste. Teas and soda that taste like cranberry? I think we're getting way too far ahead of ourselves, so let's back up and talk to Yassine, the elder in this family-run business. All right, we are here. Uh, right. Tell me where the farm is and this, what we have growing all around. Yeah, you're actually in uh, Lithonia, Georgia. You're on uh, on a, it's a 22-acre plot owned by Mr. Stuart Miner. He lives right here in Snellville, and we're right off of the uh, Yellow River. Uh, the line between uh, Gwinnett County and DeKalb County is right over here to our left. This this was a family farm. And when we started this project this year, they hadn't farmed in this area for what, 20 to 25 years? In the uh, in, in, uh, past 25 years. So we had no, there were no problems with fertility and, and soil quality and that kind of thing. Um, and we, we were able to, to pop our transplants in and, and get going. Pop our transplants in? <laughs> he made that sound easy. He must have some history in working on a farm. Yeah, we're, we're from Louisiana. We're from, actually, I'm, uh, my wife and I, and, and, and Najib, uh, before coming here, we were Katrina evacuees. And uh, I wasn't a farmer. I was a network administrator for the uh, New Orleans uh, Public School District. I taught mathematics. And uh, my area is, uh, I have a uh, master's in, com- in teaching, uh, major in computer science. So I taught computer science, and I ended up being the network administrator after uh, the Y2K problem, um, but was forced into retirement 
when Katrina closed all of the schools down and uh, moved, moved into Zachary, Louisiana, where, where I was born on. We were able to buy a five-acre farm and started all over. Had some friends there, Awusu Bandeli and a few other folk at Southern University and even some people at LSU that helped us with, uh, with getting started. Uh, our, our main product was pasture-raised chickens and we sold at the farmer's market. We sold uh, from the farm and we sold to uh, several stores in the area uh, for years, for years, until the next hurricane came. Hurricane <laughs> Gustav, <laughs> and we had to get out. But we did that for about 12 years or so. Not to dismiss it, but that kind of sounds like regular farming. So where did the idea for growing hibiscus come from? Hibiscus, well, we were introduced to it at, uh, at, at Southern University, at the, uh, the Ag Center. And uh, we used to t- attend these conferences. Uh, and a lot of folk from Georgia attend them also. Southern Side, uh, uh, this is the uh, Southwest Agriculture Working Group. And they bring farmers together for conferences and to share information and introduce uh, 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 programs that will help. And uh, Southern was, was the leader at that time in, in pushing this uh, particular herb, uh, hibiscus, and we were able to get some seeds from them. We did a lot of work with this. Uh, in, in the community where I lived on Port Hudson Pride Road in Zachary, we had about 12 farmers that worked with us, with my wife and I, uh, growing this hibiscus. And, uh, and we, that's, that's basically how we, how we got started with that. We'll go inside to talk to Yassine's son and daughter-in-law, Najib and Millie, to find out why they're now growing hibiscus in Georgia. I mean, one, one we, we, we made our home, I know. It grows well. So hibiscus is definitely um, your um, subtropical uh, plant. And I know my wife mentioned earlier as far as it is, is once it's totally drought resistant, but it, it, it can actually, it's a hardy plant. It doesn't take much as far as water. Once it gets up and doing, going, you know, you can leave it alone and, and it will continue to grow. Uh, so I, I've made a mistake by dropping a couple of seeds just out of my pocket and I come back and it's just growing in front of the house. So it's like, you gotta be careful <laughs> when you drop these seeds. But um, as far as Georgia, one, um, I mean, one, we met in Georgia, so we, we couldn't have it yeah. any other, other place. <laughs> Uh, and I came here by way of uh, Louisiana via Hurricane Katrina. <laughs> we made our home. But um, it was, for me, and I think Millie could talk more of it as well, um, and, and of course my dad, he, um, he started, I want to say, three generations back, if not before. Great-grandfather, my grandfather, my dad, they, they came from a family of farmers. Um, after Hurricane Katrina, they went into uh, uh, free-range chicken farming and was introduced to the hibiscus to diversify their, their, uh, what they sold at the farmer's markets. I just think we have been able to put our kind of own little spin on it a little bit, where we've taken just a little bit of both, you know, not too overpowering with any spices, um, and then, you know, not too bold, not too tart. Um, and I think we've come up with something that works for us. So, and then it, when you think about it, we are unique in that we grow we harvest, we produce our own products. We own our entire process. We don't outsource any of our process to anyone so that we can control what we are providing to our customers. 
That's actually really nice. Two cultures being merged by the tragedy of a devastating hurricane and the beauty of love and marriage to create unique products all their own. You know, we would go down and visit and enjoy the taste of, of uh, what they had as far as products-wise. And when I married into the family, it was one of those, um, you know, Caribbean-style um, hibiscus uh, sorrel, I'm sorry, I, I would definitely say as far as the uh, taste of, of the uh, beverage that they had. So it just went hand in hand as far as just marrying up uh, what, what, what was being done down in Louisiana, what, was, what I was introduced out here as far as the uh, Korean yeah. style. Yeah, uh, it was definitely taste. kind of a, oh, you know, <laughs> my father-in-law makes this great tea. Everybody loves it. Oh, but what it, is he, Oh, it's it's hibiscus. No, 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 no. It's sorrow. You know, but you know, it's it's it has different names across various cultures and is used differently. Just like Millie said, it's a plant with many names. It's grown. It's known by different names depending on where you, where you are. In West Africa, it's B-sap. and if you go to East Africa, all the way across to Europe, it's called Kirkaday. and in Mexico, it's called Jamaica. Exactly the same thing, and um. In, 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 the, in the Caribbeans, it's called sorrel. Uh, you know, so it goes, it goes and there's some, there's some names for it in, in uh, Vietnam and China. They have names for it also. But uh, we, we call it, uh, in, in, in Australia, it's, it's Roselle. And Roselle is used a lot here also. No matter what you call it, it makes delicious products. Well, the, I mean, it's, it's a very hearty plant. You know, and, and as you know, our business is based, it's, it's called, uh, it's, it's called hibiscus-based products. You know, our, our pride roll hibiscus-based products. And we just try to come up with as many products as we can that's based on hibiscus. Currently, we're running tea, uh, chutney with two, 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 uh, two different teas. We have one that we brew, and then we have a dried tea. We have a jelly, we have a chutney. Uh, we've pickled them, we've candied them. Uh, we've even made that shisha that they use for smoking in the hookahs. Uh, we have some. We have a vision for for making fruit roll-ups. Uh, we literally go out into uh, hibiscus fields and we do two things. We we uh, we grab our ripe hibiscus calyx, cut off the base of the uh, calyx, and it gives us this product that we in turn do a couple of things. Get into a uh, I want to say a stable state <clears throat> and. How you do that is either freeze it, dehydrate it, uh, or just make it into juice. And each one of those different product processes make a different product. So when we make our products, um, we prefer certain states for certain products. For example, when we make our dry tea, um, we it's dried tea. We dry the hibiscus. We dehydrate it to use our teas. Um, we also prefer to have our hibiscus dried to produce our bottle teas and our sparkling hibiscus soda. Um, because it reduces the amount of fiber that is in the beverage when it's truly dehydrated, as opposed to using fresh hibiscus where there'll be a lot of fiber and um, there's also, you know, natural uh, pectin, if you will, yeah, yeah, yeah. that would cause the product to kind of jellify. So we, we prefer to use it dry. But when we make our jelly, we use frozen, we, we freeze this, and so that we have, we have a product throughout the season or after the season uh, to make our jelly and our chutney with. And not all hibiscus made products are the same. I guess that's another thing too, it's like, um, you know, I see products that has 
hibiscus on there, but it's, it, it, this is literally, we boil this thing down in order to give you an actual, the fruit. So when we say hibiscus is in our product, this is what you're getting, so the, the real thing. Ancient medicine says there are health benefits to hibiscus. So is that also true for Pride Road products? So, I mean, there are, there are tons of, as far as medicinal uh, health benefits factors as far as hibiscus, and you can read them. It's, it's definitely in health magazines. You can see it in different articles that was published, the USDA uh, and whatnot, as far as rich in antioxidants. It's, um, it helps out as far as- um, Hypertension, hypertension. reducing hypertension. And uh, we like to tell people as far as <clears throat> we talk that piece as far as what all the health benefits to the uh, hibiscus and the closer we get to that as far as our different teas that we have uh, because we have that in that solid state, I'm sorry, that stable state of uh, dehydrated and this is as close to the natural off the branch that you'll get. But when you start moving to our uh, jellies and sodas and, <laughs> and, and teas, we mix it with all, I mean, it's, it's still, um, uh, pure cane sugar. So, you know, it's, it's one thing to say, hey, each one of these, these have these antioxidants and whatnot, but, you know, box tea will get you definitely closer to those medicinal backgrounds that, that uh, the hibiscus um, plant has. But ultimately, right, the bottom line is we have a product for where you are in your, your health journey, right? So, you know, we have small children, so they like their peanut butter and jelly. So if we're gonna give them a jelly, at least we know that we've produced something that's natural, um, that we've controlled the process. Uh, so, you know, the jelly's great. You know, um, my mom's a diabetic, and so she absolutely loves the tea so that she can use whatever alternative sugar substitute, that, you know, that she prefers. Um, and so we have something for everyone, right? I think everything's great in moderation. After years of growing hibiscus, there must be some tricks at the trade. One of the key things is we start our seeds with just two ingredients in the, uh, in the, uh, in the mixture, and that's um, core, coconut husk and worm castings. And basically that, that gets the seeds up, and then we take the transplants and put them out when the danger of frost is gone. And talk about how many times the, the fruit blooms. Uh, well, here is, is, is you can see it's on now, so it's ready. It's ready to go. If we clip all of the calyx and don't clip uh, the the, uh, the ones that we want, that's the right size, then the rest of them will start. Uh, they'll come right back, just like okra. So we can get about 10 pounds off of each one of these bushes, and we can do that at least three or four times before the frost. Did you hear that? Just like okra. In fact, hibiscus is in the okra family. Yes, but that's what it, I mean. It, I mean, it, it it grows just like if you, if you look at the, when you look at the flower, it looks just like uh, like a, and it's a good pollinator also. So we start with our seeds. These are actually hibiscus seeds, and they are there are a variety um, of hibiscus that we grow. So we typically uh, grow Thai red. Uh, we also grow Trinidad, um, and and those are the and broadleaf. Right, because uh, they produce um, the, the have the most robust flavor in terms of when we dry dry uh, the leaves to add to our tea blends. So we normally get together as a company at the beginning of the year and we plan our season out to define which types of hibiscus we're going to grow and how much hibiscus we're going to grow. So again, we start with these little seeds um, and we grow them um, in a greenhouse first. 
So we make our little seedlings, and so we grow our seedlings, and then during when the growing season actually uh, starts, we actually go ahead and we plant them. We mm -hmm. do the transplants um, in late February, early February, March, March, after the last frost. Uh, one of the things um, that I enjoy most, believe it or not, is being out in the field and you're away from everything. It's quiet, it's settling, and, and one seeing your product growing from, from a seedling up to towering you at some times, but you're away from the, the hustle and bustle uh, noise. That does sound nice, doesn't it? Walking in a field of hibiscus, sipping some fresh ice hibiscus tea, and enjoying a spring evening away from everything. But before you and I drift off into that fantasy, I've got to know where the name Pride Road comes from. Yeah, well, Pride Road was, was where the farm was. It was on a road uh, between two cities in, 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 in Zachary, Louisiana. One city is, is uh, Port Hudson, and the other city is Pride. Port Hudson was on a river, and you run that road all the way to the next city, which, was, which is Pride. It runs through, uh, through Zachary across uh, 61. So it was the Port Hudson Pride Road. And that's how they, they just took Port Hudson off and gave it the name. But it was a very, um, a very good uh, farming community. I mean, what, we, we could still name it. When, we, when, we, when you're on the river, you had uh, Billy's, was a fish market. They caught, they caught catfish, uh, gaspagoo, yellow cat, processing facility right there on the river. You pass them, you come up to um, the Hayden Farm that grew all the vegetables in that. And then you keep, you keep coming down Port Hudson Pride Road and you run right into uh, Naquin, uh, which is a huge tomato farm. They, they're farming tomatoes right now, I guarantee you. And, uh, and then when you pass them, you're coming into like my cousin Robert with uh, 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 called Bringers, uh, beef cattle, and then Earl, Earl Jones with uh, sheep and goats. And then you had us. And I gotta talk faster. <laughs> and lastly, where can you find these Pride Road products? Okay. Go for it. All right, so we, you can find us uh, downtown Lithonia. Off, okay. You can find us in downtown Lithonia off of Main Street. Um, we operate out of our uh, facility uh, where we produce all of our products. So those products are available here. And then you can find us at a number of local uh, shops uh, throughout Metro Atlanta. Uh, and for that listing, check us out on www.pryroad.com. <laughs> Instagram. You gotta do it over. <laughs> no, no, she doesn't have to do it over. Next time you find yourself east of Atlanta, take time to stop by Pride Road. And next time you find yourself watching TV, be sure to watch A Fork in the Road on GPB TV or anytime on the gpb.org website. And that's also where you'll be able to listen and subscribe to this podcast or download it on your favorite podcast platform. I'm David Zelski. Thanks for listening to A Fork in the Road.